Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So right now, many of us are walking through different seasons of life, different transitions, different times of letting go. I know many people are walking through the season right now of sending their children off to college or even a kindergarten, whatever it is. But even if it's not sending a child off to school, we're going to talk today just in general about letting go and walking into new seasons and how God created those seasons. I think you're going to find this episode truly encouraging. I hope you'll share it with a friend um, if you are blessed by it. I'm just super excited to talk about this topic. It's something that I have walked through many times in the past few years, and um, I just feel like it's this endless cycle of transition and walking into new seasons, but the Lord has taught me so much, and I just really want to share that with you guys today and encourage you that it isn't about the seasons because life is supposed to go in seasons. It's about how we walk through each of them. So I hope that you'll be encouraged today. Before we start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor as always, Apologia. Apologia is an award-winning Christ-centered homeschool curriculum provider. We have always loved their uh, curriculum, especially for um, uh, elementary school. Their science has been wonderful. I also love that they have a homeschool boot camp that is free right now. If you are new to homeschooling or getting started, or you just need some help and encouragement, go check that out. It's a free resource. And they have other free resources besides their amazing award-winning curriculum. Go check them out at Apologia.com. All right. So today I want to talk about letting go. And I wanted to do this topic because I know at this time I have talked to countless people right now that are going through um, letting go of something. Mostly right now, the people I talk to are letting their children go, whether it's off to college, off to school for the first time off to just a new season of life, um, off to getting married. There's just so many different scenarios. I mean, mostly right now, the people I talk to are going through the uh, letting go with school and specifically college. And so I will focus on my story a little bit today about what I've learned letting my kids go. Uh, into a new season of life. You know, we have two graduated from homeschool that are living their best adult life's lives now. And so I want to share that story in hopes that it's an encouragement. Um, it's not necessarily 
always about the circumstances, as I've talked before, but about what is God doing in them. So at any time in our lives, we are all going to go through seasons. Life is never settled. You know, one of the biggest ways to simplify your life, if you're feeling like you just are always chaotic and things are always crazy, and when is it going to get simpler? And when is life going to get settled? It's really one of the keys to living simply. You know, I always talk about when you're focused on Jesus, you know, that's the key to living simply. One of the keys to living simply is to let go of each season and let go of your expectations about how life should be and to realize that life will never be settled. That's almost a freeing way to think. When you realize that life is a series of seasons, life is a series of changes, life is a series of ups and downs. There's beautiful moments and hard moments and moments where it's just plain boring, right? There's all different kinds of seasons and journeys. That's what it is. It's a journey. And it's actually freeing and we can live a more simple life. And by simple, I don't just mean like minimalistic or getting rid of clutter. But when I talk about simple, it's always about getting rid of anything that hinders our walk with the Lord. And often something that hinders our walk with the Lord is this idea that we think life is going to get settled at some point. Life is never going to be settled until you get to heaven or Jesus returns. It is never going to get to this point where you think this is it. You know, this is what I've been waiting for. It's just not. And I think in our human nature, for some reason, we just want it all to be settled. We want to know that, you know, everything's going to be okay. But as a Christian, remember, everything's going to be okay in the end, if you have Jesus. And until he returns, or you are called to be with him in glory someday, life is going to constantly change. And sometimes it's going to be filled with seasons that feel so great. Sometimes it's going to be filled with seasons that are so hard. But there's freedom in realizing that that's what it is about. Because in the hard, hard trials and the hard times, we're growing closer to the Lord. It says in the book of James, right there in the first chapter, trials have a purpose. They produce something in us. God allows them in our life in order for us to grow. I mean, when I look back on some of the worst trials in my life, and I've been through some pretty horrific trials. Some of them I wish I never had to go through, but when I look back at them, I realize they had a purpose. I mean, literally every second of your life up until this point has had a purpose because each second is ordained by God. And one second builds to the next second, to the next minute, to the next hour, to the next day, week, year, whatever it is, to where you are today. So every moment really does matter and have a purpose. Every season that we walk through matters. The seasons of great joy, relish in them, enjoy them. But remember, 
where they come from. They come from the Lord. Don't take them for granted, but still enjoy them, right? Know that trials will come and blessings will come. That is part of life. When we live with this idea that when I just get to this point, then life will settle down. We are never going to simplify things. We are never going to um, be able to fully keep our eyes on the Lord because we're going to think that the things and the circumstances that we're walking through right now are, are, are holding us back from something when in reality, the things and the circumstances you are going through right now could be holding you even closer to the Lord, could be growing you. God has put you there for a purpose. So we need to walk through every season completely with our eyes fixed on the Lord and not say, oh, when this season is over, then I'll be you know, happy or content or, you know, things will be better. You need to say, what is the Lord teaching me in this season? So I know that at this time of year, many of us are walking through trials. I am in this with you of, or not trials, seasons, I should say, of letting go. Um, So I want to share just like a little brief bit about what we've walked through for the past two years. I'm not going to go through all the details, like an overview, because I have really realized what a blessing it is to let go. And so two, let's see, no, three years ago in 2019, we graduated our first homeschool graduate, my daughter. You've all heard this. There's podcast episodes in the archives. She was a guest on the podcast. She recently spoke at my retreat. If you uh, have the virtual tickets, which are still available, you can hear her speak. But it was very difficult that season to let her go. And I remember At the time, I thought, and this is another reason I want to talk about this. If you are someone that is walking through the season of children that are now adults and you're letting them go to college or you're letting them move on to the next chapter, whatever that is, they're moving out, maybe they're getting married, whatever it is. This is for you as well because I felt like back then no one prepared me, especially as a homeschooling mom. I felt very blindsided. Not that I'm, I'm not saying every mom doesn't feel grief when their children go to college. I just felt very blindsided by the amount or the, I should say, the weight of the grief. And I think that is because I had just spent, you know, 13 years pouring into this child every single day for her education. We were literally together, right, 24-7 for, you know, 18 years and 13 of those homeschooling. And, you know, when you're homeschooling, one of the beautiful benefits is we do get close with our families and build relationships. And so when she left, it wasn't just for me, like, woe is me. I just, I felt grief for the whole dynamic of the family changing so abruptly, you know, going from being together all the time to having her go away and live separately. It was a big deal. I remember when she was three years old and we sent her to preschool at our church. I remember then, I couldn't imagine someone else, and I clearly remember saying this, I couldn't imagine somebody else was going to spend two and a half hours with my baby girl. (laughs) I couldn't imagine that there would be two times a week for two and a half hours 
that I wouldn't be there. And, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. We had been together since birth. And so I couldn't imagine what it was going to be like. And, you know, I laugh at that now, as I'm sure many of you out there are giggling and like, give me a break. But that is a true feeling. That is how I felt. And of course, you know, once we were in it and used to it, that was a transition that we walked into. And I'm super thankful for the two years she had at our little church preschool. Those were beautiful years. And letting her go for two and a half hours twice a week was certainly worth it. And then um, what came to homeschool graduation, that was a huge deal. Not Okay, now we're not talking about two, two and a half hours a day. I'm talking about she's going to be living two hours away, right? Every single day, I will not see her. Forget like, oh, somebody else is going to be spending all that time with her. Now it's like, she's going to have a really a whole new life. She's going to be with, you know, other people for 24 hours a day and building relationships with her professors and her roommate and her friends on campus and her friends off of campus and her new church family and all of those things. And that's a little bit like scary, not scary. That's not the right word. It's just a little bit, there is a grief involved. Now, I was super happy for my daughter at the time. I mean, she we knew clear as day that God had led her to the college that she was going to. And it was never her plan. It was never what she thought she would do. But we prayed about it. And we clearly saw God steer her uh, in the direction that he did. And we clearly saw his hand all over that college. And we knew that he brought her there for a reason. So that makes it a little bit easier. And when you know that this is God's purpose and God's plan. But at the same time, you're a mom. And like I said, as a homeschooling mom, it stung. It was hard. So I remember dropping her off at college. And we have a picture of it. I just posted it recently because it came up in my memories, I think, on Facebook or something. And it's of her and her roommate walking away from us. And it was literally the moment that we said goodbye. She and her roommate walked away from us and, you know, towards the college. And I have this picture of, of them both walking towards the college buildings away from us. But I look at that picture now and I think she wasn't walking away from us. She was walking into her new life. Yes, at the time, that was a grief I didn't expect. That that day when she walked away, there was a little bit of tears. I was a little bit, you know, the normal, like, sad. But overall, I felt very calm and I knew that this was where she was supposed to be. On our way home, I remember saying, this isn't really that bad. Like, this is, it's going to be okay. This is, a, this is fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. We stopped to get some dinner. And I remember we stopped at Applebee's on the way home. <clears throat> and it was very strange. We said table for five. We had always said table for six. And wouldn't you know it, they sat us down at a table for six. So there was this one open spot. And we're all sitting there and we're like, well, this is sad. And so we were just joking around and like looking at the empty place setting and saying, oh, hi, Grace, you know, and she's not there. And I remember our food came and my son like put a mozzarella stick on the the plate. Like we're just joking around like as if, you know, oh, hi, Grace, whatever. And so it was sort of lighthearted. The next morning, I remember I woke up and that's when it hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't want to get out of bed. I couldn't bear the thought 
that she was two hours away and she wasn't home anymore. And I kept thinking, what is she doing? You know, not that I was worried about what she's doing or anything. Just like, you know, I just was wondering like what's going on, you know, who is she spending her time with? Is she okay? And, you know, she, I knew she was going through a huge transition. She was going away from home for the very first time, a whole new experience. And I looked out the window into our backyard and I remember seeing my family, the boys and my husband were playing badminton in our yard. And that summer before she left, we had played badminton like every night after dinner. We had these tournaments and we were just playing all the time. We loved it. We had so much fun. And when I looked out the window, I was like, she's not there. She's not playing. Like it just didn't feel right. I didn't even want them playing because she wasn't there. And I got back in bed and I don't think I got out for the rest of that day. Like I was depressed. I cried a lot. I went through a lot of emotions and I felt very blindsided. I mean, everybody says you're going to be sad and all this stuff. And there's like two camps. It's like, oh, don't, you know, you'll be sad, but you'll get over it kind of thing. And then there's the other camp where it's like, you know, let's just wallow in it. And, you know, (laughs) I, I just, I just, I guess I felt like it was going to be okay. Like I'd cry and then I'd be over it. But that morning, I just felt like it felt so heavy. I felt like I wasn't going to get over it. Like I was, I couldn't imagine how am I going to do this? How are we going to move on? And so that week was very difficult. And then my husband said, listen, if you can get through this week, I'll bring you to visit her next next weekend. And that's really what got me through the week because I knew we were going to see her next weekend. Over time, we got through it. One of the biggest things I would say is you just have to walk through the grief. Like, don't be in the camp where you're just trying to avoid it and be like, "Ah, it'll be fine and make yourself, you know, don't try to make yourself not feel it. Walk through that grief, but walk through it with the Lord. Because again, like I said, life is never settled. You know, there I was like, if I could just make it to next week, I'll be okay because then I'll see her. But then what happens the next week and the next week, right? We have to learn to walk through circumstances and walk through them with the Lord. We have to learn to say like, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to do in this situation? Are you trying to grow me? How can I grow closer to you? What, you know, what is the purpose in this situation? Recognizing that this is part of life. And so it's okay to feel the grief. It's not okay, I don't think, to stay there. Had I been in bed for the entire week, that would not have been healthy. I did need, I think that's just how I am, to be alone that first day and just process it, feel it, deal with it, pray, cry, whatever it was. But it wouldn't have been okay to stay there. You know, I needed to move on. And I think when you cling close to the Lord, the Lord kind of tells you that. He's there to comfort you. His word is so comforting. And if you get into his word, the truths in his word will lead you out of that bed. Because you won't stay there. Because you recognize, first of all, we have to recognize that our kids are not the be-all, end-all of life. Our husbands are not the be-all, end-all of life. Our jobs are not the be-all, end-all of life. Our ministry, whatever it is. Even ourselves, we are not the be-all, end-all of life. God is. Our life, our purpose, our existence is for Him. And that's what's changed a lot in me over the past year, especially. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I have felt very much as I'm gearing up now to send my son away next week in just a few days, actually. I just keep thinking, like, God 
you know, I live for him. And yes, I love my son dearly. And yes, I love my family dearly. But I've got to keep my eye on God so that I see everything else through that lens. It's not looking at my family and then running to God and saying, help me deal with it. It's looking at God and then saying, help me to deal with all the things that are going on. It's a totally different way of looking at things. And so, you know, I got through that first year and of course COVID hit. So then her her freshman year ended up being crazy because she came home early and we got extra time with her that summer. And then I'll tell you this story briefly. It's not really a story, but just like this situation briefly because it really does illustrate what I want to say about letting go. We almost didn't send her back the next year, of course, because, you know, it'd be so much easier to keep her home. See, it would have been comfortable for me to keep her home. It would have been comfortable for me to say, just don't go back. Because, you know, COVID was giving me that excuse. Be like, you know what? Don't go back because it's who knows what the year is going to be like. Will you get sent home again? And, you know, all the rules at school. And it's just not, you know, it would have been very comfortable and easy. Like that would have been a great way out and been like, stay home with me. But that would have been very selfish. Now, if the Lord was leading her to not go back, that's totally different. So we, we prayed about it, and she was even unsure if she should go back. And in the end, I remember crying, crying on the phone to my dad, actually, and being like, I don't know what to do, because I just wasn't sure. Like, you know, financially, it's a whole, you know, college is a lot of money. Like, do we spend a whole this amount for another year? And is this the right thing to do? And it's in the middle of COVID. What's it going to be like? And... Is this really even necessary right now? And I just deep down wanted her to stay home, of course, with me. But when you pray and you feel that God is leading you to something, even if it's not quite comfortable, you do what he says to do. And often he wants us uncomfortable. Remember, life isn't always supposed to be settled, right? It's a journey. We're supposed to feel all these different things. And we're supposed to walk through them with the Lord. And so we ended up sending her, obviously. <laughs> and shortly after, she met her now husband. And I just look back on that and I'm like, hmm. If that first week of college, her freshman year, I couldn't stand having her away from me. And I said, that's it. We're running and bringing her home. Her life would be so different right now. If that second year, I said, it's just too uncomfortable to send her. And I was very close to not sending her. Let's just keep her home. Her life would have been very different. She would never have met her husband. Remember, though, like I said, every second of your life builds upon the next. Like every single second of both of their lives had to line up perfectly for them to meet. And only our great God could do such a work. And so... I look back at that and I remember I had to let her go so she could walk into the next season of her life and remembering that not every season of our children's lives are going to be perfect. We're going to want to rescue them sometimes when it gets hard. We've got to let them wrestle through it with the Lord, especially when they're adults, young adults, and we guide them as best as we can. But we cannot rescue them. Only the Lord can. 
and we have to teach them how to hear his voice. If you've been listening to me for a while, I always say the most important thing that you can do as a parent in your homeschool, and even if you're not a homeschooler, of course, is to teach your children to hear God's voice and follow it, to help them to discern his voice above all the noise of this world and often of their own heads, right? And so part of letting go is letting them hear his voice above yours. And so she met her husband that second year. One year later, they were married. And it's a beautiful thing. They're, they're a beautiful, young, married couple. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't let her go. And so as I'm approaching, I don't even want to say it, but as I'm approaching, bringing my son now 11 hours away on Sunday, uh, a couple days away from when I'm recording this, I'm going to have to let him go. Last year, he went to this gap year program that you've heard me talk about many times. It was like the best decision ever. But I will tell you, we dropped him off. Had he And he had never been to a camp. I don't think he'd ever been on a sleepover. I know he hadn't been. He had never been away from home. And here we were dropping him off at this program, which we knew somewhat about, but... We really didn't know all that it would entail. And as you know, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, I have podcast episodes about this as well. Um, He had the most amazing year. He grew by leaps and bounds. He got to travel literally the world. He got to um, go to South America. He got to travel in the United States all over. He got to serve. He got to do missions. He got to do ministry. He, I can't even get into all the wonderful things. If I hadn't let him go, because boy, did I not want to let him go. I said to him as I, we dropped him off and said our goodbyes and everybody was crying. I said, I can't give you what this place can give you. I knew that it was where he should be. We had prayed about it so much. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to give him opportunities to travel the world and serve and do missions and just all the things that he did. And so I let him go. And looking back, I think to myself, if I hadn't let him go because I wanted to remain comfortable, that would never have been the right thing to do. And he would have missed out on this beautiful year that he had. And believe me, I had fears. I mean, COVID was still a thing. He's Here he's traveling the world, right? Um, and also, I didn't know how he would enjoy the program and living with 24 other, you know, kids his age and, and 24 hours a day being together with these kids and what it was going to be like. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So in a couple of days, I'm letting him go once again to uh, a second year of this program. And so I'm super excited for him. But of course, I'm super sad for us. And what has happened that I've realized is, so I have four children. They're all two years apart, except the last one. He's like three years. And so, but the first three are two years apart. And so I think about when they were little and you have them and it's like one after another and it's hard, right? You have to like potty train and then do it again and then potty train again, (laughs) you know, then they learn to walk. Then the next one learns to walk. It's like you're doing all these same things every two years, all that hard stuff. And then you get to like cruise control, right? You're like, you get to the point where everybody's independent. You hit the teenage years, which everyone tells you are terrible, but they're not. 
I, I, teenage years are my absolute favorite, except now the young adult years are becoming my favorite. But it was like, you hit this time where it's like, okay, they can take care of themselves. It gets kind of easy. I know, I know. I have people out there saying teenage years are not easy, but I enjoyed the teenage years for real. And so, yes, I know there's a lot of bumps in there, but overall they were good. And so you get to this point and you're like, I like these people. I enjoy spending time with them. You know, they're fun. And all of a sudden you let one go to college. And then what happens? Two years later, you let another one go. And it's not just that. It's every year, really, you're taking them back to school. You know, it's like every year you you get them home for the summer and then you get comfortable again and then they have to leave again and then they come home for break and you get comfortable and then they leave again. And it's like this constant bombardment. And I don't like it. It's hard to adapt to like this constant change. But yet I keep reminding myself that's what life is. Life is constant change. Don't fight it. Go with it. And so that's what I've been really learning from the Lord this summer is like, stop trying to fight the circumstances and just like be like open arms and be like, all right, Lord, I'm ready for the next adventure here. Because I'm like, I said to Steve just recently, so we're letting my son go now again. And, you know, now we not only let my daughter go off to college, we let her go completely. She's married. And so that's a beautiful thing. She's a, I cannot tell you how much I love my son-in-law. Like I could talk all day about how much I love him. He's wonderful. So of course I'm happy for them, but, you know, I had to truly let her go onto her new chapter in life. So we get all that done. Now I'm letting my son go again. And then next year I have a senior, another senior at home. He's going to go. And I said to Steve one day, I can't do this anymore. It's just like mental, uh, what is that um, game? Where you, a whack-a-mole. I mean, it's literally like mental whack-a-mole. It's like, all right, we took care of that. Oh, wait, something else popped up. All right, we took care of that. Oh, wait. you know, it's. But guess what? Life is whack-a-mole. <laughs> it's constant whack-a-mole. That's life. But we've got the truth of God behind us, and we have him leading us. And he helps us whack each of those moles. Like he helps us go through each thing. So we change our perspective and we're like, you know, what? I'm not just letting them go. We're just walking into a new season. Seasons are good. The Bible talks about seasons in Ecclesiastes. There is a season for everything. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry, right? It goes on and on about all the different things. If life wasn't supposed to have seasons, why would God have created them? He shows us every year there is a time and a purpose. He shows us in his creation and our lives mirror that. There is a purpose, right? There is a purpose in the spring when the seeds are planted and then they begin to grow and the weather changes and the warmth comes and the sun comes and the rains come and then the harvest comes in the fall and then the things begin to die off, right? The trees lose their leaves and everything lays dormant for the winter and then it begins again. Like there is such a purpose if we just open our eyes to the creation, we could deal with our lives because we realize that this is the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be seasonal. We aren't living in constant spring. We aren't living in constant summer. Things are never the same. They are supposed to change. 
And so as I gear up to letting my son go this Sunday and I turn around in that car on Monday and drive home another 11 hours after dropping him off, I am going to be crying. I can guarantee it. And that's okay because the Lord has created us with emotions to feel things. I'm not a robot that's going to turn around and be like, big whoop, my son is gone. No, I'm going to cry because he's created us to love and to have emotions and to feel. But I am not going to get stuck in those tears. The tears are normal. But I'm also going to remember that we have another year now. And I'm going to look at it and say, Lord, what do you have in store for him this year? I am so excited about this year. Because when I look back, it's like he's shown me over and over. You didn't want to let Grace go? Look, she's married to a wonderful man. You didn't want to let Luke go? Look, he's living his great adult life. He's following after me. So why on earth would you want to hold on to things when there are so many more better things to come? We don't want to let go because we're afraid. We're not guaranteed Well, what if it's not a good year? What if something bad happens? I'll tell you, I'll speak to that real quickly. Last year when I dropped Luke off, I spent a better portion of my life in fear and worry. And I played scenarios in my mind that I repent of now with the Lord, that I wasted hours upon hours of my life worrying about scenarios that could happen on his trips, that could happen while he was away from home. All of these things never happened. And I look back and I have grief for those hours that I lost and that those hours that I didn't trust the Lord. Because even if the worst scenarios in my mind played out in real life, what did we say before? The Lord ordains every second of our lives. And I would walk through those seasons, even if they were horrific, I would walk through them with the Lord. We cannot control the future by worrying about it all night long. In fact, we draw away from the Lord when we worry. We don't draw near to him. So this year I am determined to walk in faith and not fear I am determined to keep my eyes on the Lord, knowing that he's not walking away from us. He's walking into another season of his life. And to remember that no matter what happens, the season could be a difficult one or it could be a joyous one. The most important thing to remember is we walk through the seasons with the Lord. Remember the bigger picture, the be all end all of life to seek God first in everything we do. We live for him. We are kingdom minded. The be-all, end-all is not my comfort. The be-all, end-all is not my happiness. The be-all, end-all is not even my family's happiness or comfort. It is knowing that we are all living for the Lord through every season of life. Through the ones that will be hard, not may be hard, they will be hard, and through the ones that will be filled with happy times. We can have joy in every season because we know the end game is someday we will be with the Lord. I can have joy in every season now because I know the Lord. Heaven forbid I had to walk through these seasons and not have Jesus. That is a horrific thought to me. I get to walk through 
my seasons of life in good and bad with Jesus. And I am so thankful for that because I know what life was like before Jesus. I lived the first half of my life without it. And every season that came felt so hopeless. So now, no matter what happens, I have Jesus. I always have hope. So if you're at a season right now where you're, you're about to change, not only is the calendar season about to change, but maybe in your family life, seasons are cha- changing, your personal life, seasons are changing. It's okay to have a healthy amount of, you know, I don't want to say fear, but a healthy amount of like, you know, ooh, I'm not sure what's going to happen or ooh, this feels uncomfortable. But then that's when you go to the Lord to walk through it and you'll be stronger for it and you'll be closer to him. Don't let the seasons changing draw you away from him. Let them draw you to him. On Sunday, the enemy is going to do everything he can. Well, Monday, really, when I drive away from South Carolina, the enemy is going to do everything he can. I know it already to put ideas in my head to be worried about, to put sadness, you know, all over the day. I'm not having it. I'm putting my foot down. I'm looking at the Lord and I'm saying, all right, Lord, let's do this together. I'm not going to drive away with tears of sorrow. I may have tears that are just normal for a mother being separated from her child for a little while. But then I'm going to turn those tears into joy. Because I know that seasons are supposed to change. And I know that I have a God who will walk us through the seasons of change. Yeah, y'all may need to hold me accountable if I'm boohooing over there on Instagram and saying, oh, I just dropped my son off. It's so hard because that's that's easy to happen. I'm going to listen to this podcast myself Monday, driving home in the car. (laughs) Put it on repeat 11 times, each at once each hour. I'm just teasing. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's so easy for us to say, like, I can do it. I'm going to walk with the Lord. But I'm telling you, that enemy is strong. And he will try to take us down. He will want us to be drawn away from the Lord. But if these seasons of change can draw us even closer, that's where we need to be. Instead of looking at it and saying, this is so hard, say nothing is too hard for my God. And guess what? Expect trials to come. Expect some seasons to be uncomfortable. When they come, hold your head high and say, praise the Lord. I have Jesus to walk me through this because I don't know how I do it any other way. And then say, Lord, what do you want to teach me in this? How can I grow in this? What is the purpose of this? When you know that each season has a purpose, just like the calendar seasons, each one has a purpose. You can't have summer without spring. You can't have fall without summer can't have winter without fall, and so on and so on. When you know that each season has a purpose, even if it doesn't feel good in the moment as you're kind of changing seasons, if you know that it has a purpose from the Lord, what more is there? Walk in His will. Don't walk in worry. Don't walk in what if. Just walk in His will. So I wanted to encourage you a little bit about what I've been learning, what I've been repeating to myself lately, because I am right there with you. It's not easy to walk through seasons of change. 
but it's never going to be summer forever. It's never going to be spring forever because that is not how God created our lives to be. Listen, I love summer. Summer, like the season summer to me is the best season of all. I love hazy, hot, and humid weather. I know I'm weird. I love just the schedule in summer is all loose and, you know, you can just, you know, you're not doing school and just things are different. I love being outside. I just, I love everything about summer. I I would love for it to be summer forever. But guess what? After a while, I wouldn't really learn very much if it was always summer. Why would I have to rely on the Lord for anything? I would always know what to expect. And I think it would get kind of boring. And I think I might take my eyes off of the Lord if it got too easy and too comfortable. And I might forget about the beautiful creation. I'd forget about the beautiful snowfalls that come in the winter. I'd forget about the beautiful leaves that change in the fall. I forget about the beautiful flowers that bloom. I love forsythias when they bloom in the spring. I'd forget about all the other beautiful parts of each season. No matter how much I don't like winter and being cold, that first snowfall is something to behold. Right? No matter how much I don't like it when it starts to turn cold in the fall. And I always kind of say like, no, summer's ending. All you fall people out there that are loving it, I'm always like, summer's ending. But if I didn't have fall, I wouldn't see those beautiful leaves, those colors that become glorious, those nice, cool, crisp mornings, the apples, the pumpkins, right? Every season has a beautiful thing, even if there's something hard or difficult or uncomfortable about it. Some of us have walked through seasons that are way more horrific than, I don't want to say just sending a child to school, but you know what I mean. We've walked through seasons of tragedy. We walk through seasons of loss. We walk through some pretty horrific stuff. Like I said, I have walked through some pretty bad seasons in my life. And looking back, I wouldn't trade my rock bottom worst season of my life when I was about 20 years old. Because if it wasn't for that season, I wouldn't have met Jesus. And I've learned, if anything, I've learned what it's like to live without him. And that's, that's something to behold right there. Because I don't ever want to go back. And it spurs me on every day to get closer and closer to him. I've heard mothers who've lost their children say that they couldn't imagine, you know, being this close to the Lord if they didn't walk through that. Now that is like a huge testimony of faith. Because I think, how? How can you say, how can you like feel that? And, and that's how it is. I mean, that is an amazing testimony of the transformation that the Lord does in us to even see in the worst tragedy that becoming closer to the Lord is, is something that is fruitful. I mean, we, we know people, right, that go through horrific times. And I think of somebody like Johnny Erickson Tata, you know, paraplegic for, is it over 50 years? More than that? And she says she couldn't imagine. Like she prayed to the Lord that she wanted to be closer to him. 
And then she became, it's a quadriplegic, I believe. And then she, you know, had this terrible accident and is in pain, chronic pain her whole life. And she says she wouldn't trade it because she's closer to the Lord. Like we all have to remember the end game of life is not our circumstances because everything on earth, every circumstance we're walking through is going to be gone someday. But what is forever is him. He is the be all end all. The circumstances will reveal if we truly want to be closer to him or not. Our circumstances reveal what's in our heart and can bring us so much closer to him, even in the hardest circumstances. So whatever you're walking through right now, whether it's a season of change like me, sending another child off to school, if it's a season of change, you're sending a little one to preschool for the first time. Don't let anyone make you think that the season you're in, oh, it could be worse. You could be like me. I'm sending my child, you know, around the world. Or, oh, it could be worse. I'm, you know, I just lost my job. Or, oh, it could be worse. I. Everybody always has something worse. So never make let anyone make you feel belittled for having a hard time walking through a season. Because whatever the season is for you, it's hard. But when you walk through that season, keep your eyes on the Lord. Don't compare to anybody else's season. Say to the Lord, what is the purpose in this for me? And I want to grow closer to you. So I hope this encouraged you today. I really felt like this was a good time to post or to post. I don't know. That makes it sound like it's a blog post to, you know, share this podcast episode to talk with you guys about this. So I want to hear from you. Are you walking through a difficult season? Please, if you are, I will pray for you. Send me a message. You can even leave me a voicemail at um, anchor.fm slash simplylivingforhim. You can email me at karen at simplelivingforhim.com. You can instant message me over there on Facebook or Instagram. I would love to hear from you. And I would love to pray for you as well. Let's all help each other walk through the seasons that are difficult. If, you, if you're not walking through a season right now, but you're listening to this and your friend is, maybe it'll help you know a little bit more how to help them or just pray for them. Or just let them know that you're here to listen. And then you can help point them to Jesus. Because sometimes people are walking through a season. It's hard. It's hard to look to Jesus when you're looking at yourself and how how awful you feel. Ask me how I know. That was me last year and when I sent Grace to college laying in bed boo-hooing. It's hard sometimes. Sometimes you need those friends to send a text and say, Hey, try opening your Bible today. Send them a Bible verse. Encourage them in that. Because we all need each other. Right? We don't need each other to say, oh, it's not that bad. You just need each other to help walk you through and most of all, point each other to Jesus. So I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.